even though we can't be together, it's pretty awesome to be able to sing, to be connected digitally. It's pretty amazing we're in an age where we can do that, even though it's not necessarily what we would want or what we would uh, like to have. I just hope we can at least appreciate. It's pretty incredible that we get to do this together. Brownsbridge family, TLR North, we're so pumped that you're joining us. I love that we've got an extended TLR family together. Here's what I can promise you um, is that this will not be the last time we do something together. So we're super, super pumped um, that we are all doing this together and that you are with us. I want you to think back with me to when you were a kid. And I want you thinking about waiting for Christmas. Like, just let yourself go back there and feel the emotion of waiting for Christmas. Waiting for Christmas as a kid felt like forever. I mean, it was an agonizing wait. It could not get here soon enough. You can feel it, right? And ironically, as an adult, it's actually the opposite. Christmas gets here too quickly, right? Like I woke up stressed just a few nights ago, um, literally in the middle of the night, freaking out because I hadn't finished my Christmas shopping. Thought I got ahead on Black Friday, realized that I did not get ahead at all. And as an adult, it's like, man, you get so far behind on Christmas shopping, like Amazon Prime can't even help you catch up. Am I right? But as a kid, I mean, waiting for Christmas just hit different. Like you're winding down with school and as great as summer break was, there was something different about Christmas break. You know what I'm talking about? And you've got your list of things and you're unsure what you're going to get and what you're not going to get. Maybe there's one big thing you're waiting for. And even though you always knew Christmas was coming, the wait was agonizing. But that same idea, that same feeling of an agonizing wait that seemed like forever is the very same thing that characterized the backdrop of the first ever Christmas some 2,000 years ago. That God promised his people, the nation of Israel, that one day a Messiah was going to come who would rule and reign and save. And God sent these prophets Um, Most notably, Isaiah, who would come and prophesy and give messages from God to the people about this Messiah, that he was going to come, that he was going to save the world, that he was going to rule, that he was going to save Israel from the oppression. And there was so much hope in that. And so the nation of Israel waited for this promise. They waited for this Messiah and they waited and they waited and they waited some more. In fact, from the last time that a prophet spoke about this Messiah to the time that Jesus was born was over 400 years. Generations would die waiting for this promise to be fulfilled. And it wasn't any kind of 400 years of silence. I'm talking about, it wasn't just, it was 400 years of silence, meaning like God didn't send any more prophets. There were no more signs from God. There wasn't any kind of like miracles, like, hey, don't worry, he's coming. Like there was absolutely nothing. And that kind of waiting starts to take a toll. That kind of waiting, man, you probably start wondering if you're an Israelite, okay, hey, God, are you still there? Have you forgotten about this promise? Like we're getting trampled on by this nation and we're being oppressed by this government. Like life isn't easy. Things are difficult. But but you said this Messiah is coming. Are you going to come through on your promise? Israel was tired and they were waiting for God to show up. Waiting for things to be different. 
And that kind of waiting starts to have an effect on anyone. In fact, Proverbs 13, 12, Solomon writes, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hope deferred that we have these hopes, these desires, and these longings. And when they are deferred, when they are drawn out, when they take a long time, when they take longer than we expected, when we, they take longer than we would have liked, he said, the heart grows sick. The heart, the center of the being of a person, the heart symbolizes the encompassing of all that we are. It grows sick. And by sick, he means disappointed, frustrated, discouraged, deflated, and confused. A hope deferred, a hope long drawn out makes the heart sick. And while I guarantee you so many Israelites found themselves in that very same spot, I find it so fascinating that this very Christmas here in 2020, I would imagine that is exactly where many of us find ourselves, isn't it? Our hearts are sick. It's been an incredibly difficult year. And here, as we're kind of rounding the corner of 2020 and all looking to 2021, waiting and hoping that things will be different, waiting and hoping that things will kind of go back to some semblance of normal sooner rather than later. But all of that waiting, man, it takes a toll. Discouraging, deflating. A hope deferred makes the heart sick, which is where many of us find ourselves. And for many people, I mean, the holidays are already difficult in a normal year. I mean, in a normal year, the, the, the holidays aren't always easy for everybody. That maybe for you, the holidays are a painful reminder of a past or a painful reminder of some family difficulty or a painful reminder of somebody that you love that you've lost. For some of you, going home for the holidays isn't something that you're excited about because home has never been for you what you, um, what you always knew that it could be and should be. That during the holidays, broken relationships, the pain of that is a little bit more heightened. The hope to maybe even reconcile is heightened. The holidays aren't easy in a normal year. Man, you throw on top for all of us, everything that's happened in 2020, I guarantee you, some of you guys might be wondering, where are you, God? Maybe your faith has taken a hit. You haven't felt much of a connection to God or with God lately. You're discouraged. You're struggling with school. You're struggling with your job. Maybe you lost your job. You're struggling with anxiety and worry and fear. Maybe you're carrying your parents' anxiety. You're angry. And more than anything, and I can say this is true for me, I've spoken to enough of you. I've spoken to enough of my friends, even our team, just kind of waiting for things to be different. Like waiting for things to kind of go back, maybe not like to the normal that it's always been because who knows if that'll ever be, but just kind of something like normal. Like, like if I'm just being honest, even for us, we kind of like, we, we want to do our jobs like we used to. I mean, we want to see you face to face. Just waiting for things to be different. A hope deferred makes a heart sick. And I'll just be transparent. I felt like as of late, my heart's kind of been sick deflated 
and discouraged and a little bit confused. But Solomon goes on in the second half of verse 12. But a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. A longing fulfilled, a hope realized, a hope reawakened is a tree of life. A longing fulfilled, a hope realized encourages our hearts just like a tree gives life. That hope changes things for you and for me. That a longing fulfilled, hope fulfilled, hope that we can really put our feet in and sink our teeth into and believe in and hold on to turns everything around. That a hope fulfilled, a longing fulfilled, and it refreshes our souls. It reframes our circumstances. It revitalizes our energy. It renews our faith. It restores our strength. And it reminds our hearts of what is true about God. A hope fulfilled is a powerful thing for a sick heart. And I never thought that I could find the Christmas story in the book of Proverbs. But that's exactly what Proverbs 13, 12 is. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Israel had been waiting and they had been waiting and they had been waiting for this promise that God gave. Generations, like I mentioned, would die off not seeing this promise come to fruition. And they waited through the difficulty and they waited through the doubt and they waited through the oppression. But a hope fulfilled is a tree of life. And that's the Christmas story. A hope fulfilled, Luke chapter two, verse nine. On that faithful night, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, shepherds out in the field, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah the Lord. I bring you great news, good news that will be joy for all people, that this was the promise Israel had been waiting for. This was the hope that they had been waiting for. And an angel of the Lord shows up and says, hey, hey, here it is. Here he is, the Savior has been born. And Israel didn't fully understand this at the time, but this was not good news just for them. No, no, it was good news that would cause great joy for all people, for all generations in the future, for you and for me. Jesus, the Savior, the promised one, was born. And I want to reframe Christmas for some of you because I think we need this as we round out a difficult year and head into a new year. Christmas is not just about the birth of a savior. The meta narrative is that God keeps his promises, that God is always faithful, that God fulfills his promises to you and to me. And the birth of Jesus right there in Luke chapter two is God saying with a cosmic megaphone to a broken world, hope is here. 
I am here. I never left. I am with you and hope is alive. Let me heal your sick and broken heart. And in just a few minutes, we're going to sing one of my favorite Christmas songs. I guarantee you've heard it a million times. And I'm actually going to go ahead and say this. I guarantee you after I'm done speaking, um, some of you guys, we're going to play some music and you might kind of be like, I'm a bow out. I can listen to music later. No, no. If I could just encourage you to kind of stick with us for the rest of the night, I really believe God wants to speak to your heart. In a moment, we're going to sing one of my favorite Christmas songs. Like I said, you've heard it a million times. I've heard it a million times. Oh, holy night. It just so beautifully captures that moment and that picture on that oh faithful holy night in Luke chapter two when Jesus was born. But specifically this year, as I was preparing for this message, there's a a line in that song. It just hit different this year. It hit me in a way like never before. I heard those words in a way like never before. And in a moment when we sing them, I want them to hit different for you in a way like never before. And you've heard these lyrics a million times. But it's this, the thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices. The thrill of hope, the thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices. The thrill, the excitement, the joy, the breath in our lungs kind of thrill of hope. Why? Because God came through on his promise. Because Jesus, the savior of the world, was born. The thrill of hope is really this, the thrill of the coming of Jesus. The thrill of hope is really the thrill of the birth of a savior. The thrill of hope, the thrill of the birth of the Messiah. Remember the second half of that proverb? A longing fulfilled is like a tree of life. That that God coming through on his promises, that God sending Jesus, the thrill of hope, the thrill of Jesus being born. You know what I want that to do and what I believe it can do to you and to me in this season? It will refresh our souls. It'll reframe our circumstances. It revitalizes our energy. It renews our faith. It will restore our strength and it will remind our hearts and our minds of what is true about God, that he is faithful. The thrill of hope. I don't know when it was the last time that you thought about the birth of Jesus as a thrilling moment, but I think if there was ever a time to remember and ask God to remind us of that, it is right now. The thrill of hope. And then that next line, a weary world rejoices. I don't know if the world collectively has ever been, at least in my lifetime, as weary as it is today. It's full of a lot of people that have a lot of sick hearts, myself included. And you are probably weary, tired as you have ever been. But a weary world could rejoice then and a weary world can rejoice now. Why? 
Because Jesus came and took on human flesh to dwell with you and with me. That a weary world can rejoice no matter what is going on in and around us. No matter how disappointing the world is. No matter how discouraging our circumstances are. No matter how difficult the water that we are navigating. Why? Because the Christian joy was never meant to be rooted. And it's never been rooted in the circumstances around us. It's always been rooted in the hope of Jesus within us. A weary world rejoices because Jesus came. A weary world rejoices because hope has a name. And it is not the name of a politician. It is not the name of a president. It is not the name of a pharmaceutical company. Hope has a name and his name is Jesus. And let me be very clear. That's not like a Jesus juke or a Jesus sidestep to get around any of the stuff going on in our world. No, no, no. That's not me downplaying the importance of the pandemic. That's not me downplaying the importance of this vaccine. That's not me downplaying what we should be doing as Jesus followers fighting for the social injustice in our country and being responsible and being loving and wearing a mask and fighting for the things that matter. No, no, no. I'm not trying to sidestep any of that. As I look to 2021, am I hopeful for this vaccine? Gosh, yeah, I really am. I hope it's the the greatest vaccine we've ever created. Am I hoping for better days ahead for our country? Absolutely. Do I believe and am I hopeful that this generation, the one that I'm staring at right now, is going to rise up and fight against social injustice in a way like never before? Yeah, Yeah, I'm hopeful of that. I'm not trying to sidestep any of that, but here is my point. None of that can be our ultimate hope. None of that can be the hope of our hearts. None of that is strong enough to to hold the full weight of the hope of our lives. Do you know why? Because maybe in 2021, maybe in the next decade, certainly in our lifetime, there's going to be something that comes up and smacks the world upside the face. And nothing that we've done or created in this next year is going to fix it. Jesus promised you and me that in this world you will have trouble. But a weary world can rejoice. Why? Because a Savior was born who lived a perfect life for you and for me and died on the cross for our sins, a death that we deserved, and then watch this, but he didn't stay dead that death did not have the final say for Jesus. He had the final say over death. And so for whoever has their faith in Jesus, there is nothing on this side of heaven that is going to keep Jesus from ultimately winning. Jesus always wins. And so when God the Father sent God, the son, Jesus, to take on human flesh, to dwell among us. He was sending in the rescue plan of all rescue plans. So no matter what we face on this side of heaven, we know that we can keep on moving. We can wade through the waters of difficulty. We can wade through the waters of the unknown. We can wade through the waters of frustration and disappointment differently than those who don't have Jesus. Why? Because our hope is in one who always wins. And one day he will make all things right again. And you know the unbelievable thing about this? 
we get to live on the side of history after the birth of Jesus. We get to live on the side of history after his death and resurrection. We get to live on the side of history where God says, hey, I don't know what else I got to do to prove to you that I'm with you and that I'm faithful, but I just need you to keep on trusting and I need you just to keep on moving because I am always with you. A weary, (laughs) a weary world rejoices. Those with sick hearts, disappointed, frustrated, beat down, we can rejoice, not because our circumstances give us reason to, but because our hope is in one who is greater. And he was born on Christmas and his name is Jesus. And there might be some of you watching right now on the other side of this camera. You've had your hope in the wrong things your entire life. You've had your hope in relationships or in success or in what people thought of you or in you getting your way or some kind of plan that you had for your life. You've had your hope in all of the wrong things and this year maybe you felt it like never before and you had no idea what was missing. Well, for those of you on the other side of this camera right now that have never lived your life rooting your hope in the savior of the world named Jesus, I wanna give you an opportunity to do that right now. That we believe that Jesus was born into this world and he was born to die. He was born for a mission to seek and to save the lost. That there was this ugly thing called sin that kind of derailed the humanity and the world that God created. It's why this world isn't as good as we know it should be. It's because this ugly thing called sin corrupted it. But that ugly thing called sin that lives inside of you and me also separated us from God. But Jesus wasn't okay with that. Jesus knew for us to actually have hope in life, there couldn't be anything that separated us from God. To really be able to rejoice on this side of heaven, there couldn't be anything that would separate us from our heavenly father. And so Jesus came and lived a perfect life and he died for your sins and for my sins. But he didn't stay dead. No, no, no. He defeated death. That our sin earned him death, but he defeated death. In other words, whoever would put their faith in Jesus would be able to live in victory over the power of sin and death. And there would no longer be anything standing in the way between us and our heavenly father that calls you son and daughter. And so if in this Christmas season, this year has beat you down and you've been looking for an answer, it's Jesus. And by that, I don't mean your life is going to be perfect. By that, I don't mean nothing bad is ever going to happen to you. What I do mean is no matter what you face, you will have anchored your heart and your soul and yourself to a hope that will never let you down. Because we've got our eyes beyond this life. 
because Jesus won that for us. So here's what I wanna do. Wherever you're watching and whoever you're watching this with, I just wanna give you an opportunity right now to put your faith in Jesus, the one that came to save you. And, and, and I'm gonna say a prayer. The prayer isn't magic. And there's nothing special about the words. It's just a way for me to help you verbalize what God is already doing in your heart. And so if you're by yourself, you can just close your eyes. You don't have to. You can keep looking at the screen if you want. Um, if you're with some friends, maybe just everybody bows their head and you can kind of just say this prayer in your heart. But if you've never put your faith in Jesus and you're looking for something bigger and stronger to anchor your hope to, to fix your sick heart, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, I confess that I am a sinner in desperate need of a savior. I believe that Jesus's work on the cross was enough to save me from my sin. I want to place my faith in Jesus. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. And I want to follow him as best as I can. If that was you, we do this thing around here where I like ask people to stand up and it's like awesome and it's a party and we celebrate, but I'm not gonna have you stand up in your dorm. That, that, I don't know, that, that's kind of weird. I can't see you. Um, here's what I would love for you to do. If that was you, would you just like let us know in the chat? Just type out uh, alive. Type out alive in all caps and say, hey, listen, man, like I, I, I made a decision tonight that's brought me into life in a way like never before. One, because everybody in the chat would want to celebrate with you, I promise. And two, man, our team wants to follow up with you. That's a really big deal. And, and, and we want to find, maybe if you're watching with people, maybe someone invited you to watch with you tonight. Maybe you asked some questions, but would you just let us know in the chat, just type out alive in all caps, because we want to celebrate with you this monumental moment. And for everybody else watching, man, I don't want to get out of 2020 and just think, oh, just because it's going to be a new year uh, that everything is going to be better. No, no, no. I want us leaving 2020 as we head into 2021, knowing where our hope needs to be anchored. So this Christmas season, let us be reminded of the thrill of hope that is the birth of Jesus. And in the midst of our weariness, we can rejoice because of the beautiful name, Jesus. Heavenly Father, We are grateful that you've never left. We're so grateful that we've always been on your radar. We're so grateful that us lowly humans are people that you desire a relationship with. So Father, tonight, would you remind our hearts of the thrill of the hope that is the birth of a savior? the thrill of the hope that we read about in Luke chapter two, the thrill of the hope that is there is nothing on this side of heaven that keeps us from you, that there is nothing on this side of heaven that is bigger than you. And ultimately Jesus always wins. Would you remind us of that truth tonight? And would you allow that truth 
to be the thing we anchor our hearts to and our souls to as we step into 2021. God, we're believing for new things in 2021, but not because we get to throw away the 2020 calendar and open up a 2021 calendar. We're believing that there's gonna be new and we're believing um, that we can keep on walking no matter what we face because we know that you're with us. And we know that you're gonna be with us every step of the way. So would you remind us of the thrill of hope that is Christmas and allow our weary hearts to choose joy knowing that Jesus always wins. We love you. And it's in the matchless name of Jesus that we pray. Amen.